This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Before I really get the show started, I must say, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Um, I found out last Saturday around 1030. I think I was coming from playing basketball. Something got canceled. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I was going to get me some food. I was waiting for a quick way to open. And then Nick Ashew, Nick Ashew and Grant Paulson was on the radio. They were doing a weekend show, some random weekend show. I don't even get it. But Nick Ashew was like, this just in. Dwayne Haskins was hit by a vehicle. I was like, oh, okay. I hope he's okay. Uh, I hope he ends up being all right. Then he said he died. I was like, what? How? I was like, wait a minute, what? You know how I do. Whenever I get some news like that, I immediately hit Twitter. And, you know, sure enough, that's when I saw the Adam Schefter tweet. He was the the first one to really break the story on Twitter. And it was real. I was like, man, what? dog now the tweet i didn't really pay attention to the wording of the tweet because it really wasn't that important to me at the time because a young man had died uh Dwayne haskins only 24 he ain't even that much younger than me and you know he's not really from this area he's from new jersey but he went to school at bullis which is in this area and he was the quarterback for the Washington football team, Redskins, whatever you want to call them. Just a shame, man. Just just, just ridiculous, man. It's just gone too soon. I, I'm not even going to talk about the details of it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of speculation until the investigation is complete. But it just, it just wow. It just out of nowhere. He had a wife. He had a family. Uh, he had a... No, he had no kids yet, but, you know, his mom, his dad loved him. He was real close with his sister. I, I saw that story, and I was like, I, I was so moved. I was like, his sister is amazing, and they had a great relationship. I, you know what, man? Just uh, keep them in your prayers. They probably had a ceremony today, a week later. They probably had a ceremony today. They might have it tomorrow, but this is sad, man. Like, he... Had, still had potential. Even if he didn't do anything in the NFL, there's so much he could have did off the field that was positive and could have helped the world, but now he's just gone. And all we have is a memory. His football memories in college will live on forever. 50 touchdowns, almost won the Heisman. Still up there is one of the best seasons in Ohio State history. And there's negative with, you know, Washington, but you know, all that is just just a memory right now. It's just not important. It's just one of them things that just makes football look unimportant. And in the grand scheme of things, it is. But damn man, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. That was that was crazy what when I found out. But speaking of Grant Paulson, the day before this happened, I met Grant Paulson finally. I met him. Right where, if you've been to the Nats Stadium, 
1067 the fan has a little red booth or whatever um by section 106 ironically you know that's the perfect place to put it but yeah 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 i never really pay attention to that booth but i knew grant was going to be there that day and you know it was a great conversation i never thought we'd be talking about oklahoma sooner football there was so many things i wanted to ask him but the guy was just you know, he saw my Oklahoma shirt and he started asking about that. And he said he wanted to see a game. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to come over. You got to come. You got to come out to Oklahoma. I really, you know what I really want to tell him? And, you know, I'm I'm such a fan of the, the radio shows here that I even knew who his producer was, Ryan Clary. And I really wanted to ask Ryan Clary, why do you do all these stunts? This man has done free throw shooting in the heat he's done a 40 yard dash and he's done um what was it oh yeah there's something else he did but i can't remember right now but they got him they got him doing all these stunts man i'm like come on man where is darius where was darius he's probably in the studio i mean i guess someone had to stay back but yeah, I, I should have asked Ryan Clary, man. <laughs> but he, it looked like he was busy, you know, trying to break down. Because by the time I got to the stadium, they had just wrapped up their show. Their show was done at like 6.30. But man, Grant was a joy to talk to, even though it was a few minutes. Uh, just wish I would have met Danny. Danny is hilarious. But that day, you know, he was sick. And, you know, it's. It fits the the bit. It fits the bit that um, Danny Rulier, Danny Rulier, or however you say it, he gets sick or something always happens to him when a big event happens for the show. And right on cue, it happened. But man, it, it was very good to meet Danny. I mean, it was very good to meet Grant. Hope I see these guys again. Hopefully, I'm a guest on the show. Hopefully, maybe one day I call to the show. But I'm afraid to call to the show because I'm pretty sure there's a long line and I don't feel like waiting. I don't feel like being put on hold for hours. I don't want that. I would rather not go through the grind. I got stuff to do. (laughs) Hey, it's still 106.7 The Ghetto. Because of all their technical difficulties at the most random times. But I still love it and I still listen to it all the time. I make my uh I make my passengers listen to it. One to be safe, because you know, and I don't wanna play music with a lot of sexual explicit lyrics or cursing. And two, because I actually like it. I like sports. It might bore my passengers to death, but hey, Whatever. You know, it's it's cool to me. It's not boring to me. <laughs> All right, man. Now let's get to the actual nationals. All the side stuff. See, that happened. See, I went to the nationals and the Mets. Second game of the season. After all the delays. After all the preseason injuries from the Mets. I thought I was going to miss Max because I thought he was going to pitch on opening day. Then he is bothered by some type of tightness or some irritation in his his body. 
So basically he got back on schedule and he ended up pitching and the Nats fans were really nice to Max. He is really respected compared to Bryce Harper because I guess I'm not the only one. Max Scherzer is one of my favorite Nationals players ever. He is my favorite Nationals player ever. And a lot of people feel that way. So he got a lot of respect. He got a standing ovation. No booze, no nothing. It was it was cool, even though he played for the Mets, and I can't stand the Mets. But hey, you know what was cool? He gave up three one. He gave up three runs. So it was like he was playing for us once again. <laughs> yeah, man, Josh Bell smoked one. He he smoked one of those fastballs from Max and had a two run home run. That's that's when the game was interesting. But it's just like. It just seems like every time they made a run, the Nats, like the Mets would put two more people on base. And then that fight, I I don't know who it was. uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he hit Lindor in the helmet. And, you know, right about now, I'm getting cold. It's windy. I'm about to leave. But I saw that. And I was like, my initial reaction was, why do we keep doing this? Why do we keep hitting people in the helmet? Why do we? Why can't we control our pitches? Are we really that bad? And then all that went out the window when the Mets cleared the dugout. I got out. I was. I got up. I was clapping. I was hyped. It, it sounded like I was getting ready to fight. I was loving it. Well, I was like, I I wanted a Mets fan to say something. I was ready to rock. Because I I just don't like that team. Like, the the Mets and the Braves, I really don't like them. And now they clearing the dugout, starting a fight? And, you know, the Mets Mets looked really bad when it was discovered that Lindor was trying to bunt. And the pitch hit him. He was trying to bunt. He bent down, and our pitcher got ejected. It just makes the net. It just makes the Mets look really bad and really soft. And then what was worse was they end up winning the game seven three. I'm just like, man, go ahead, dog. Go ahead. I mean, the Nats so far it's just a roller coaster. I expect them to be bad. I expect them to win like 50, 60 games. Okay, maybe not 50, but, like, in the 60s. That's not good, by the way. You want to win at least 80 or more games. If you're a baseball fan, you want your team to win at least 80 games. You win 90 games, you probably make the playoffs. You win 100 games, you might win the pennant. You'll definitely win the pennant. 60 games, that's what I'm expecting. And to my surprise... Okay, it looked like they were going to get swept by the Mets. Then they mess around and come back in the last game. Um, They were losing the fourth game. And they came back with a late surge. And they got that game. Cool. Then they come back the next day in Atlanta. I mean, it's a short plane ride. It's a short plane ride. But they came back the next day after that. And they beat the Braves. 11 to two.
on replica ring night. Boy, it's a shame, boy. We ruined y'all little fake ring ceremony. You gotta love it. You gotta love it, man. Not only to beat your most hated rival, but then ruin such a unique and special night. <laughs> uh, do not feel bad for them at all. I loved it. I loved it. Man. And this guy, man. Oh my God. The the names the name is escaping me. Oh, Mikel Franco. Yeah, he used to play for the Phillies. He's balling. Um, I got I got this I got the stats right here. I got the stats right here. Um He really has come on lately. Now they did lose the second game thirteen to three. I was like, come on, that's what we're doing. We just gonna be inconsistent like that. I mean it's one thing to just be terrible like we all expect but it's another thing to just be up and down and just giving us just heart attack the entire season um let's see bad and average so listen Mikel Franco used to kill us with the Phillies but their team was trash so we always beat them uh let's see so he's nine for 33 which is better than some people. I'm talking to you, Victor Robles and Alcides Escobar. So he's 9 for 33, a home run, 8 RBI. Not bad. Not bad at all. 273 batting average. I mean, Juan Soto's batting 281. That's fine. I mean, it's, it's early. He's going to be fine. That's going to that's gonna go up. I'm not sure what Robles is doing. I don't know why he doesn't have a hit after a week of baseball. I don't know why Acides Escobar only has two hits after a week of baseball, but at least he actually got a hit, unlike Victor Robles. Trash. Hey, Victor Robles, like, if he wasn't so fast and good defensively, he'd be in AAA. He would be in upstate New York right now, doing Lord knows what. But he's with us, so let's let him play through it. And maybe he'll finally get a hit. I mean, he couldn't even get a hit against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's who we playing now, which I don't understand. Because the first night we played them, we got up 3-0 and we lost. All it took was one bad inning where they gave up a home run. They gave up a, a near home run that cleared the bases. They gave up another base hit. And next thing you know, that's a five-run inning. But at least the next night, they got up 3-0, and they just shut the door. 7-2. to Now, when it comes to pitching, the bottom of our rotation is doing all right. I don't know. Maybe because, you know, these guys are a mystery. I mean, look at our rotation right now. Eric Fetty, Joan Adon, Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray is our number two. Patrick Corbin's our ace. And Josh Rogers. This is a joke, right? This has got to be, this has got to be the worst rotation in baseball, or one of the worst. But you know, we making it work. We're four and five, and at this rate, we might just win 80, 81 games. Now I don't know if that's enough to make the playoffs, but I, hey, it's not bad. It's it's better than what I expected so far. Now it'd be great if we beat the Pirates. Today and tomorrow. Because I know we better than them. We're just. We're better than Pirates. 
Okay. Even this year in a rebuilding year where we're just, we're developing young players and um, we are, we threw some veterans onto the team. Some veterans that used to kill us on other rivals like D. Strange Gordon used to be on them really good Marlins team. Uh, Cesar Hernandez used to be on the Phillies with Markel Franco. Um, and we brought Do back. Do. One more, one more time, one more time. Do. <laughs> My man, Sean Doolittle from the World Series, one of our relievers. That was, When we first got him, that was one of the best pickups. And he helped us win the World Series. Now he's back and he's back with a vengeance, man. He still has not given up a run at all. He's doing great. I hope he keeps it up. That'd be great. I guess that's a, that's another reason why we was able to win four games. So I don't know if I want this roller coaster, but maybe it's better than straight up losing. I don't know, man. I I just got to be patient with the Nationals because I don't know what's going to happen. But right as of now, it just looks like just nonsense. It just looks like it's going to be just up and down, up and down. And I just got to get ready for it. I uh, can't wait till the Astros come to town. I got my tickets. I'm looking to sell one of them. So that will happen soon. And I can't wait. Now, the Masters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 you gotta love that money sound, right? You gotta love that money sound. But seriously though, I told you. Okay, I, I don't think I made my predictions on the last show. I don't think I did. I just expressed my desire, my desire to bet on the Masters. And boy, did I ever. So I made two bets. One one bet was a long shot bet. And if I won, I knew I'd get this big payout. I bet this guy, I don't even know his name. I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. But I put $10 on him. If I would have won, I would have won 1500 So then, my real bet was Scotty Scheffler. Because out of all the research I did, there's one stat that just straight up stu- stu- stood out to me. Scotty Scheffler was the number one golfer in the world now i know that doesn't mean that you automatically gonna win the masters because i mean come on these folks at these sports books had scheffler no worse i mean no better than third best odds to win i was like cool i'll take that as long as he ain't the highest i'll take that i didn't buy into the john rom help even though the John Rom hype, even though the stats like support him being really good and looking like he was gonna win the Masters, but I just didn't I didn't buy into it. I, I didn't see him winning. And he was pretty much invisible the entire weekend. Uh Tiger was definitely tempting because of nostalgia and I didn't expect him to be back. I was surprised to hear that he was playing in the masters 
after that horrific accident. I thought he was another year away. But sure enough, he played. And he came out firing. Like, he was in the top 10 after round one. In round two, you know, he kind of stayed in the upper echelon of contestants. And he made the cut easily. But then that round three, plus six. Round four, another plus six. Bro, anybody who was under par, that means, you know, you know, in golf, if you if you are under par, that means, you know, you're negative something, something like that's a good thing. Like the course will set a number like this. This one was 72. Uh, if you complete the course in 72 strokes, you're E, you're on par. Tiger Woods overall. OK. Tiger Woods was 78 twice. So, so he was way out of it. Scotty Scheffler won with a, what was that, a nine under par? He was 12 under par. He was so far ahead. Like, it was close round one. Everything was close round one. Round two, I could just see the $800 because I bet $50, and which means I was going to win 800 if Scotty Scheffler won by round two, he had a four stroke lead. Boy, I was laughing. I was laughing. I, I just could taste it. Round three, I started actually watching. And that's when Scotty Scheffler started to like struggle a little bit. Like on the back nine, he had some shots off the tee that were head scratching, including that one that got in the bushes and they were all looking for it, and they spent like 20 minutes trying to figure out where to drop the damn ball. But he got out of that. I think he got out of that with a bogey. Just it's just watching golf when you got stuff on the line is just nerve wracking. And then I couldn't even sit and watch the fourth round at first. But he came out struggling in that. He had a bogey, and Cam Smith, his main competitor. He came out the gate with two birdies and he cut the deficit to one stroke. I was like, are you kidding me? This cannot be happening. But then after five seconds of freaking out, I was like, there's no way he's going to keep this up. He ain't built for this. There's no way. Yeah, because I, yeah, by the time I got back in the car, because I was running errands, by the time I got back in the car, Scotty Scheffler was back up four strokes. And then Cam Smith, I started watching by this time. Cam Smith, bruh, I don't know. It was hole 12, that back nine. It's tough. Hole 12, I think he, man, I don't know if it was a double bogey or he was four putt. or he, he, It was four putts over bogey. It was bad. It was a really bad round. It it dropped him four strokes. And that's when Royal Rory McElroy caught him because he had an amazing round four. He was eight under par in round four. I was like, this guy, man, all it takes is one Scotty Scheffler choke. And this man, Rory McElroy, is gonna steal the Masters. But no, 
Scotty Scheffler was cool, calm, and collected. Just par after par after par. A, bold, a, a birdie here and there. I don't know what he was doing in the last round. I was like, all right, man, stop playing. Because he, like, he, like, missed, like, three straight putts in the final hole. You know, they were showing his family. They were showing his wife. I was like, all right, he got this in the bag. This dude just messing around. I was like, come on, man. You're messing up the money. You're messing up the money. But he won, and I'm just so glad. Man, you should have saw my face going to MGM. I, boy, I was on another planet. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. I was loving it. You could not wipe the smile off my face because I was just so glad that I won. It's just like, man. I was like, this got to be what winning the championship feels like. And it has me hungry to repeat that feeling. That's why I got to keep chasing success. That's what all that taught me. But congratulations to Scotty Scheffler. He won three tournaments this year, including a major. And he won a bunch of junior tournaments, too. And he's number one in the world. Bro, this ain't going to be the last time you hear that name. I'm telling you, man, this guy's like that. I don't know what he's going to do in these other majors. But, man, I don't know if he's going to be the next Tiger. But this guy is really good. And I'm glad I bet on him. Because I had no idea who he was until Masters week. (laughs) Oh, man. Yo, man, before I get to the playing games, good Lord, I'm glad the Lizard season is over. Because they went out like chumps. They went out like chumps. At least, you know what? At least they didn't go out as bad as the Lakers did. Cause that was sad, but the but the lizards just living up to the name. Turp, trash. I mean, come on. Okay, so they lost three straight games to end the season, and I'm just beside myself. I'm just like, how? Okay, losing to Atlanta, who has something to play for, seeding and everything. At Atlanta, there's no shame in that. Ice Trey got it going. Ice Trey the game. I'll get to that later. But ain't no shame of losing that game. That's fine. You're at home. Last home game of the year. The Knicks have been trash all season. You lose by double digits. You were never really in it. And to make it worse, Obi Toppin... Had 35. As bad as that is, I will say, okay, maybe I can cut you a little slack. Because you had to go against Obi Toppin just the last two games of the season. He was shooting hot. Like, he, he was, he made six threes against Toronto and had 42. The game after you played him and you let him score 35 and he hit six threes against you so he's he was on fire that week I mean maybe you got to give it to him but still you're at home and the Knicks aren't that good but you it wasn't even close you going out sad 
And then to make it worse, you know, to end your season, you let Scary Terry, Rosier, say your eulogy and benediction. Y'all, it's time to go home. Because it, it, because it is a wrap for the Wizards season. Now, enough of all that. Get to the playing game. Okay, they started off with the 7th and 8th seeds. Wizards aren't in it this time. I mean the Lizards. Because, thank God, I didn't want to see that nonsense. <laughs> the Nets beat the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs tried to make a game of it at the end. But I knew they messed up when they had to play the game in Brooklyn. I mean, it's one thing to play the game in Cleveland. I was like, they would have a better chance if the game was in Cleveland. In Brooklyn, no. They have no chance. And that's pretty much how the game went. They tried, but they died. Too much Kyrie Irving, too much Kevin Durant. That's what we all expected. It is what it is. The Timberwolves-Clippers game was very entertaining. Because it looked like the Clippers were going to take it. And then run after run by the Timberwolves. Big shot by D'Angelo Russell. Big shots by D'Angelo Russell. Pat Bev had the still of the game on uh, Reggie Jackson. You can't get any more clutch than that. He, he didn't want to make his free throws, but it's okay. The celebration, I had no problem with it because it was great TV. He was just, I knew the minute he stood on the table, I was like, that same energy y'all had for John Wall, I need it for Patrick Beverly right now. But then he just started going and going, and I just enjoyed all of it. It's a shame he got fined for all the profanity he used in the press conferences. But I love it. It was raw. It was authentic. He had beat his former team that traded him. And you could just feel the emotion. And I just loved every minute of it. It was so much fun. He told us they would make the playoffs. And when he got traded to the Timberwolves, I was like, that is a weird fit. They're not making no playoffs. There's no way. They're still another year or two away. And sure enough, they're in the playoffs. And they came out firing against Memphis just now. But then Memphis settled down. And, you know, Memphis is a better team. So I knew once they settled down that, you know, the Timberwolves were going to be in trouble. But they're hanging in there. You know, they didn't take they took that second quarter counterpunch and it's a three point game. But I enjoyed that playing game. That was so that was a lot of fun. And then Paul George, it was good to see him, but you know, he didn't he didn't show up at the end. It's a shame. And then they did the nine ten games. I knew the fact that people were picking the Hornets to win was laughable. I knew that they Weren't going to mess with Ice Trey at home with the playoffs on the line. They weren't messing with these guys. And Trey Young had an okay game. Just imagine if he really went off like he was supposed to. But, you know, the role player stepped up and it wasn't even close. I'm just saying, like, how the Hornets go from getting blown out as a 10th seed last year they didn't blown out as a 10th seed this year. Literally no improvement. That is just crazy. Y'all are tripping. They need to make some real changes and quit playing. Because I do not want to see them in another playing game and them getting blown out. 
because they keep this team together, that's what's going to happen. Or maybe these guys could get better and turn out to be another Memphis because they were pretty much like Memphis. Memphis was pretty much like them, but then they turned up, and then now they're in the playoffs, second seed, and they have a real legitimate shot to make it to the conference finals and maybe the NBA finals. They got to do something, man, because I don't want to see them in a playing game no more. That's crazy. Uh, the 9-10, the Pelicans and the Spurs. Yeah, I didn't watch much of that. But Pelicans, too much B.I., too much uh, C.J. McCollum. And then they came back. This is what I didn't expect. Now, it was no Paul George against the Clippers. But here's the thing, though. The Clippers have been playing without Paul George the entire season. <laughs> so so what, what, would, what would be the difference in the play-in game? I knew that wasn't going to be much of an issue because the Clippers have gotten that far without him. And they're at home. And sure enough, psych I lied. Uh, the Pelicans basically controlled the entire first half. They got up 14. Herb Jones was hitting shots. Um, McCullum was was okay. Oh, Brandon Ingram came out firing. He had 18 in the first quarter. Like, man. And then the second half came out, and I turned around. Next thing you know, the Clippers are up 10. And I'm just like, yo, man. I was like, this is it right here. They're going to run away with this. But just like... The Timberwolves are doing now with the Memphis counterpunch. You know, the Pelicans came right back, and they fought back. And um, they turned up on defense. And uh, they, you know, they hit big shots at the end, hit big free throws at the end. And, you know, sure enough, they came out there with a victory. I'm not sure what they're going to do against the Suns, but if Brandon Ingram plays like he did, against the Clippers, they could steal a game or two. I still think they're going to get swept. But, you know, especially with Zion not playing, this Zion thing is a big mystery. Just like with Colin Sexton and the Cavaliers, who, you know what, man? You know what? I got to play it. I got to play the new sound. Here it is. You hear that? That's an ice sound. Because it's ice trader gang. Not even going to play the song. But it's ice trader gang. And he showed up. He only had six points in the first quarter. I'm not sure what he was doing. The haters were talking. The doubters were talking. The Cavs fans were saying F Trey Young. Yeah, very original, guys. And then he had 32 in the second half. 16 in each quarter. Boy, you couldn't stop that guy. He started getting to his spots where he could shoot runners. And then he started getting that step back going. Bro, y'all just, he got into his bag. And it was nothing Cleveland can do. You know what? I was playing pickup basketball during most of this game. Basically during the whole game. But, <laughs> but, with, but there was a Hawks fan in my pickup group. And, it, you know, he was watching the game. 
you know, between sessions, you know, between, you know, uh, between runs. And he was getting hyped. Every time, you know, the Hawks made a bucket to get it closer, he was hyped. Now, when the Cavs were winning in the first half, I was just like, oh, okay, I can see that. They're at home. They've been the better team all year. I was like, you know what, man? If the Hawks lose, that's fine. I get it. But then they messed up. They let Trey Young get going, and in the end of the third quarter, it was tied. I was like, oh, they messed up. The Hawks are going to win now. They they messed up. And that gave Ice Trey a chance to be clutch. And that little step back logo three on Karis LeVert, bruh. There are no words. He killed him. He shuts the crowd. He did a shimmy, bruh. I must have looked at that play like 25 times. The Cavs, boy, you got Ice Trade. Ice Trade again. Sad it had to happen to you, but, you know, all the injuries, no favors. The Colin Sexton thing is a mystery, and it's weird. Uh, Darius Garland being hurt right after being named an All-Star and playing in an All-Star game didn't help you. Jared Allen having a finger injury, what? what? Didn't help. But he was back for that game. It didn't matter. Um, Lori Marketing showed up finally. But it didn't matter. Karis LeVert was actually healthy. And you had Mobley. Mobley was hurt too. Just too many injuries. Rubio was playing well before he got hurt and then traded. Like, it's just some bad breaks. And they still held on to make the play-in. If they can keep everyone healthy, they're going to be a dangerous team. Because they're very well balanced. And if Laurie Markkinen can shoot like he did, that's just another option you have. I mean, you could leave him in the starting lineup or you can bring him off the bench. But that's just another shooting option you have to go along with those Giants and Darius Garland. Darius Garland, I guess you build around him. I don't know what you do with Colin Saxton. I mean, at this point, you might as well trade him. But we'll see. We'll see. It's a shame it had to happen to him, but it's the ice tray time. It's his time. And I think the Heat and the Hawks are going to go seven. I really want to say the Hawks are going to win, but let's be real. The Heat are the better team. And game seven at their place, I it's going to be tough. I know I know Trey Young did it in Philly, but it, it's going to be tough. But it's, that's going to be a very fun series to watch. And, you know, shout out to the Hawks, man. They did their thing, man. They ran through that play-in tournament. I knew out of the out of the seven through ten teams, I knew Brooklyn and Atlanta were the two best teams. And they, it, it showed and proved. I'm just saying. All right, the, okay, the rest of these topics, I'm going to make a quick take. So, the Mystics, WNBA draft. So, they tra- I already told y'all, they traded out the number one pick. They pick swap with Atlanta. And I don't know how that pick swap option 
is going to be next year. I really want to say they're going to get the number one pick, but something tells me if Atlanta's really that bad, I don't know if that pick swap option is going to fly. I hope it does because then it will really be a genius move. But instead of having just one draft pick, we got two. We pick up Secure Austin. I haven't looked at any highlights, but, well, first of all, she's local. She's from Fredericksburg and went to Riverdale Baptist. Riverdale Baptist ain't that far. It's off of 202. It's like 15, 20 minutes from me. Uh, Fredericksburg is like an hour away. Still, she's local. She went to Ole Miss. She transferred from Merlin. I don't know how Merlin let her get away. But from first glance, it seems like she's like a wing or stretch four. She's not that much different from, like, maybe Nalisa Smith. From first glance. Now, I got to deep dive deep and watch some highlights. Now, once I do that, I'll report what I saw. But um, I'm excited to have her, especially since she's local. This is perfect. I was a little iffy about us trading back. I was like, okay, maybe that means we'll get Ryan Howard. No, she went number one to the Atlanta Dream. Either the Dream really wanted her or the Mystics didn't really want her. Because I'm just like, man, I want this chick. Because I'm like, man, we can put her at the two and we can put Elena Deladon at the three or the four. And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she wasn't a good fit for our team. I would have loved to have her, but not going to happen. Listen, the mock draft and best available, the draft pretty much stuck to that. Like, they went in order best available, all of these guys, from what I saw. And then we picked up, I think her name's Kristen Williams from uh, UConn. She ain't Paige. She's not ZZ Fudd and all these other um, big names on the team, but she's uh, yeah, she's a pretty good two guard, if I'm not mistaken, like a two, three-ish. She's not bad. If she can bring some of that UConn winning to the Mystics, uh, she'll be a good fit. She'll be a good fit. Going from Gino Ariema to Mike Tebow is just like going from <laughs> I'm just playing, man. Let me stop. Oh, man. I was going to say uh, Nick Saban to Bruce Arians. But, you know, that might be a bad comp. Or maybe maybe Nick Saban to uh, Sean Payton. But Sean Payton's retired. But, yeah, that's a good pick. I, I love it. Let's see where she fits. It's good we did get another guard. I don't know. She ain't going to start. There's no way. Especially on this veteran team. But. You know, the future is bright because we're not going to have those women forever. Um, Yeah. Well, it's, it's a hard knock like It's a hard knock life for these draft picks, especially ones that are on veteran teams like this. But, you know, maybe she can prove herself and be a part of the rotation. And then when these veterans leave, she can step up and be our next star. And hopefully, you know, maybe we get someone like Paige Beckers once, um, you know, Natasha Cloud leaves or whatever. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I like the draft picks. I want it. I want it, Ron Howard, but I will take Shakira. That's her name, right? 
talk. I forgot her name already. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I forgot her name already. Don't matter. Anyway. The Caps. The Caps. Like, they went on a five-game winning streak. They beat the Lightning. They beat the Bruins. The Bruins. They beat the Bruins with a sick uh, buzzer-beater goal by Ovi. Man, I was so hyped when I saw that. I think that happened last Sunday. And then they beat Pittsburgh. It's always great to beat Pittsburgh. They beat the Flyers, which was a laugher because the Flyers are a joke. So we beat them. I don't know what the other team we beat. But nevertheless, things were looking good. And then they got smoked by Toronto. Game over. Come on, man. Things were looking good. I thought they was going to catch the Penguins and maybe the Rangers. And then they just choked. They got bodied. And you know what? And all I can think about was NHL 21. Whichever one that had Austin Matthews on the cover, smiling. You know, I just wanted to hop through the screen and smack that smile right off his face. Because, man, I know the Caps aren't all that. And they were playing at Toronto. But come on, man. Why you had to do us like that? And why you want to go and do that? Do that, hey, hey. Oh, man. <laughs> I forget. Uh, that makes me remember that I had a little Nat song. Maybe I'll sing it at, at the end. But, yeah, man. I, the Caps, Caps are loafing, man. It, it looks like they're going to be a wild card. It looks like they are going to play against either the Florida Panthers or Carolina Hurricanes. And, honestly... I hope it's the Hurricanes because I cannot stand them and I want revenge for 2019 when they upset us, when we were in the basically the same position. And I'm just like, oh, I'm looking at this. We didn't even clinch a wild card. Hey, yo, I'm looking at the standings and I'm like, where did the Islanders come from and how did they catch Columbus? I'm sure I'm sure my friend Zach would be like, because Columbus is trash or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, man, but this is ridiculous. They're, they're not going to catch us. Come on, stop. Anyway, I, I really doubt they'll catch us, but we're five points behind Boston. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, it just everything looks like we're going to play against the Florida Panthers. And these guys got 112 points. Wow. And it looks like. They're the, they're the second best team in the league. Yeah, good luck, Caps. But it'd be great to beat them, though. And then turn around and beat one of our rivals. I would love that. Uh, we'll see, though. That's going to be very tough. But, you know, at least it's not in the realm of the cap cycle where we end up winning our division and just to fall fat on our face in the first round or the second round. It's different. So maybe we can p- play this underdog role into another Stanley Cup, but we'll see. It doesn't happen that often. Now, Baker. So Baker is in the news again because he went on a podcast and he was talking about, 
you know, it's, it's time with the Browns. I heard that his two-minute clip about him not being appreciated and lied to by the Browns front office was the only time he really talked about the Browns. But it, but everyone blew it out of proportion, and just the hating is just nonstop. The hating has gotten out of control. So many Baker haters, it's ridiculous. I mean, he, what he said was facts. At the end of the day, man, it, it's a business. It's a business, you know. You shouldn't have trusted them. They're always looking to improve. There have been murmurs about replacing Baker for weeks and months. And I'm just like, man, don't even worry about the haters. You, you about to get them. You about to get them out of here. You're going to see. They're going to see why you're like that. You're going to make them realize. They're going to put some speck on your name it's just another tool for the haters to use to prove the people that baker to try to prove the people that baker is not good and not mature it doesn't matter because if you get that chance with the right team oh y'all are going to be quiet you are going to be silent. even baker realizes he's had a roller coaster career but it ain't the end of his career he still has time to be a hall of famer he can be a Hall of Famer. And you know what? When when he get that bust in Canton, I'm just going to point to your haters like, that's his second statue. Apologize. Anyway, y'all need to quit hating on Baker because he's the realest. Uh, I guess I'll talk about Kyler real quick. Like, okay. It makes sense why Kyler is doing what he's doing. It's just too many examples of quarterbacks he feel like he's on the same level as or better than getting all this money and he's getting paid a measly like five million dollars just because it's only his third year in the league or his fourth year in the league josh allen got paid Derek carr just got paid kirk cousins just got paid and he feel like he's on par with them he feel like it's laughable as good as he is to get paid basically backup money. And I get it. But man, does the Cardinals want to make that type of commitment to Kyler Murray when, you know, the going rate for quarterbacks is getting higher and it's going to keep getting higher? Why not give him that money now? You might be able to get a bargain. Because I feel like the going rate for quarterbacks is going to end up being like $50 million a year pretty soon. So if you're able to pay him $35, $40 million, that might be a bargain. I don't know if they're going to do it. I just don't want him to end up like Baker. He gets no extension. And then he picks up his fifth-year option, and he's a lame duck his fifth year. I don't want that to happen. I don't know if he's going to be like Josh Allen. This is going to be crazy. I He might get traded. It's just how much do the Cardinals want to commit to him? He's really talented. Sure, he didn't show up in the playoffs, but that was just one game. I feel like he's going to work. He's going to get better. The team around him is going to get better, and he's going to be fine. 
one playoff game, it don't matter, bro. You're going to be just fine. It's Kyler Murray we're talking about. He's accomplished so much in the game of football. You need to quit sleeping on him. But, yeah, I, I kind of understand it from his point of view. But, you know, they trying to hate on him, too. And already there's a narrative that Oklahoma Sooner quarterbacks are overrated and not fit for the league. Here we go. It's 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 negative recruiting. It's hating. It's hating on such a blessed program. But y'all going to see these, all these quarterbacks are going to be fine. Y'all think they're overrated and backups, but y'all going to see who the realest is. All right, last thing. Elon Musk buying Twitter. I heard it would cost 80-something million. No, not million, billion. That is way more than it is to buy the Washington Commander. If Elon Musk buys Twitter, I am kind of worried about that because I don't know if he's going to make it better or worse. I'm like, I'm in the mindset of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm not sure what he would do with Twitter, so I would rather him not buy it. But you know who needs that money? The Washington Commanders. I almost said football team. So quit playing Twitter games and buy the Washington Commanders because they clearly need your help. Facts They do not know What they doing They haven't known what they've been doing Since Like the year 2000 <laughs> Oh man I, Maybe even further than that Because some of them records after 92 Woo Jesus <laughs> Alright man it's time for the return of the hypothetical game of the episode. Easy. Now, here we go. This hypothetical game of the episode is a Georgia football team versus the Kansas basketball team in a game of baseball. So for Kansas, here we go. So you got the Juan Harris at outfield. You got Jalen Wilson at third base. You got Ochai Baji in outfield. Christian Brown. Christian Brown in the outfield. David McCormick as the catcher. Remy Martin as the shortstop. Mitch Lightfoot as the first baseman. Jalen Coleman Hands as a pitcher. Joseph Yusefu as second baseman. Zach Clements as a DH. KJ Adams Jr. as a pitcher, pinch hitter. So for Georgia, you got Stetson Bennett at pitcher. JT Daniels at pitcher. Uh, Brock Bowers in the outfield. Warren Erickson at catcher. Adonai Mitchell in the outfield. Keely Ringo in the outfield. Christopher Smith at shortstop. Jordan Davis at first base. Nicobe Dean at second base. Samir White at third, Jack Poslosny at 
D8. So this is a seven inning game. It should be nine, but whatever. So first two innings, no score. Then Kansas gets its only hit from a Baji. Okay. It's first hit from a Baji. Then a Zach Clements home run. Then in the next inning, Samir White answers with a home run, and it's 1-1 after three. Abaji with a double, Brown with a single, McCormick with a deep double RBI. Brown somehow scores from third, and it's 3-1, Kansas basketball. Bennett strikes out the next two. Yusefu lines out, so it's still 3-1, so. Georgia goes one, two, three, the next two innings. Kansas goes one, two, three in the fifth. JT Daniels comes in for the sixth inning. He strikes out a Baji. Brown grounds out. McCormick with a deep home run. Tape measure. 4-1 Kansas. Remy Martin had a triple. He's so fast. Georgia was never going to get there with their throw. Uh, Lightfoot and Yusefu strikes out. And then the next inning happens in Georgia. Um, gets it going with Jordan Davis with a double. And then Zamir White with a single. And Kobe Dean goes to third. Then Jack Poslosny hits into a double play. Still 4-1. Still 4-1. So then. Harris, Wilson, and Abaji strike out. Easy, one, two, three. K.J. Adams comes in for the Jayhawks. So then Bauer singles. Erickson strikes out. Adonai walked. Keely Ringo single. And now, see, this is seventh inning. Bottom of the seventh inning. Two outs. Christopher Smith. No, one out. Christopher Smith pops out. So now it's two outs. So still bases loaded, two outs, seventh inning. It's still 4-1 Kansas. All they need is one out and they win. But Jordan Davis, late in the midnight hour. Hits a deep walk-off grand slam and Georgia football wins 5-4. The celebration was on. And what a miraculous game between two amazing programs. And that's the hypothetical game of the episode. But, you know, I got to say this. I don't like the Braves. <laughs> I said, and I can't like the Braves. Nah, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Let me stop. Let me stop. I forgot the words already, but that's the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode, but you already know that I'm out. Peace. Sooner softball is like that. Thanks for listening to another episode of the goat level podcast. Make sure you share subscribe and get money.